This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Hello and welcome to another episode on Press One for Nick. My guest on the podcast today is Brett Frazier. Brett is the Vice President of Consumer Services at Sunbasket. Welcome to the podcast, Brett. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, so I, I noticed, I always try to find a little bit, a little nugget on um, uh, what things, what people might not know about you. And I noticed that you won a CX Leadership Award and somebody who's in customer service, uh, that seems like it's kind of a big deal. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, yeah, that's um, an award that uh, I was um, given by uh, Get Feedback. Uh, Get Feedback is the partner that we use for our uh, surveys. And um, this year they started down a path of identifying uh, CX ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And so people they saw across the industry, clients and non-clients, that uh, that they felt just kind of embodied a lot of what they were thinking and, and looking at as to how to drive, you know, this continuous focus on improved experiences. And uh, so a great opportunity, provided a blog for them, um, had access to uh, to some great mentorship through their program, and uh, in the same way, also providing um, input and feedback and content for their programs to help pass on to other providers or and other experts. That's great. Yeah, it's always interesting to um, glean information from somebody like yourself who does have the experience on the customer service side. And congratulations on on winning the award. Thank you. Thank you. I was actually the uh, the, the the COVID month award uh, ambassador. So I'm the ambassador for March. I'm not sure if that's to what everyone wants to have tagged for their 2020, but I'm happy for it. You you will never forget the month that you were awarded the CX Leadership Award. Yeah. Uh, so for the listeners who don't know what you do, what does, what is, tell us a little bit about Sunbasket. Yeah, Sunbasket is, is the leading, leading premium meal kit and, and uh, fresh and ready um, meal del- uh, delivery company. Okay. Uh, you know, we're focused on delivering delicious, organic and healthy food directly to our customers to make what's for dinner a simple answer. And really, um, you know, create access uh, to healthy, um, delicious, organic, um, and clean food for anyone across America. Um, we currently are able to, to hit about 47 states in the country. Um, not Alaska, not uh, um, uh, Hawaii yet. And there's uh, pretty much most of Montana we can't get to. Most of the rest of the, the country we're able to, uh, to facilitate and deliver to. Uh, and actually just checked in last week for another um, uh, event. And it turns out over the past five and a half years that we've been around, uh, we've delivered over 65 million meals to customers a- across America. So, um, you know, really you know, proud of, of what we do. And um, for me, it's, it's such a great fit. I, uh, I grew up on a farm in New Zealand. Uh, my uh, parents, uh, my father was a vet, but they also farmed um, uh, beef cattle. We had our own uh, garden and uh, veggie garden, etc. And from a young age, my parents had my brother, sister and I cook. Uh, one night a week and uh, my brother was like most people and kind of had four or five things he'd rotate through uh, maybe up to 10. My sister cooked the exact same meal every Wednesday night for three years. I will never order Hungarian goulash again in my life. 
Um, and my, my goal was to try and cook something different every week. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I've been in this, uh, the customer service space for 20 plus years, mostly in tech. And when Sunbasket came knocking on the door, to me, it was just this perfect combination of bringing in my background and um, from customer service and this passion and, and background and farming and, and cooking. Mm, that's amazing. It, it doesn't sound like your sister delivered on, delivered on very good customer service or experience. Well, some people love repeatability. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, it, it's funny that uh, you will never have that for, for dinner again. But, you know, when it comes to your guys's menu or the options that you have, I kind of looked online and there's a paleo option, a vegetarian option, a, a lean and clean, a gluten, uh, a carb conscious, um, you know, so there's so many options and you deliver it in so many states. Um, and I'm sure that you are a consumer of Sun Basket. So what is your favorite meal at Sun Basket? <laughs> you know, there's so many meals that, uh, that we have. Chef Justine and her team um, come up with some amazing creations. Some of them, um, you know, of their own. Some, uh, you know, our spins on traditionals, etc. Um, I don't have one that just pops out, but, but, but one that when it comes, does come up on the menu that, um, you know, that I always do and actually happens to be on the menu this week. Uh, which may be surprising for a guy who grew up on a, uh, a beef farm in New Zealand, uh, but it's our lentil mushroom and apricot burger. Uh, mm. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal burger. I and mean, you know, meat, meatless, but um, just amazing taste, amazing texture, um, and just those those combination of ingredients um, come together in a way that you wouldn't imagine. Mm. Yeah, it actually sounds really good. Uh, I've, I've tried to expand the palate a little bit, and it's amazing some of the things that um there was a, a a pizza that i had the other day and it was a um um it was it was it was it was called the porky fig and it had meat and it had blue cheese and and a couple other things in it and Thanks. i probably would yeah in a, in a fig right and and i probably would have never tried that prior um but i was at this event and and i tried it for free and, and now it's the, their main staple on this uh pizza place and um, I order it every time that I get the chance. So uh, it's amazing. I, I would order that one too. I, yes. I enjoy blue cheese. I enjoy figs. And I think that's a great flavor combination. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, outside of the the awards that you won as an individual, I noticed that Sunbasket was ranked number sixth among companies with the nicest customer service, according to Reader's Digest. So what makes Sunbasket the sixth nicest customer service department? Uh, I think we've got great readers at the, uh, the Reader's Digest uh, who, who love, that, <laughs> love that product. Um, but, you know, I think seriously, it, it comes down to, um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, we work hard and everybody works hard, but we work hard at listening um, with our customers. Um, we work hard at, you know, taking that, um, what we hear from our customers and talking with our internal teams, making changes making mistakes, you know, learning from those mistakes, um, you know, and at the end of the day, we realize this truly is kind of a continuous journey. We'll never get to perfection, but we're always moving towards it. And, you know, that element of niceness is, you know, is good because that means you've kind of, you've created that connection with your customer. And I think really ultimately that's what it comes down to is your customer feels that they're understood and that, that they're considered, right? And that connection is there as to, as to when they come to us with a problem that you know, we, we want to understand why and, and why it is a problem to them um, and you know, fo focus on giving them a solution as quickly as we can. Mm. 
Yeah, it's uh, it does sound like the Reader's Digest uh, are pretty smart, smart people. Uh, and so one thing that um, I had thought is, okay, so their organization is the sixth nicest customer service. What advice would you, Brett, give to someone else to, to help them to get into the top 20 or even the top, tw- top 100 uh, nicest customer service departments? I think, um, you know, a lot of it comes down to really looking at the, the core basics to begin with. Um, and I think that gets forgotten a lot. One of the things with this industry that we, we cut off and get tied up in and wrapped up when is you need to, to create this amazing, um, over the top, exceeding expectation experience for customers. Mm. And the reality is I don't think as customers, that's what we truly want. Yeah. Um, I don't know of anybody who's told me, I woke up this morning thinking, oh, great, I get to call XYZ company's customer service and they're going to exceed my expectations today. Yeah. Um, no, they, they want to call and I say when, when they do want to need to reach out, they want someone to, to listen and understand why it's important to them um, and, and to focus on giving them that solution, a fair solution, um, as quickly as possible. And so I think, you know, really kind of focusing in on, on some of the core basics that have been, you know, looked away from and, and making that the focus because it's so easy to get caught up in, in the important and non-urgent, right? The energy of, of urgency, right? Sorry, not, you know, the, 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 it's so caught, easy to get caught up in the, in the energy of urgency um, that we don't focus necessarily on always the important things that may not be urgent, and so kind of back to the Stephen Covey, you know, quadrants piece, um, you know, it's where I spend a lot of time my coaching my team is to try to make that distinction between urgent and important and urgent, right? And if you find yourself just on the urgent things, kind of focus, well, what should I be doing that's not urgent, but I know is important. Mm. And so kind of having that wrapped around perspective of, of focusing on what are those basics um, and, and really driving into those basics, um, and then making sure you've got a really good wrapper around not only your customers, but your, your staff as well, right? And how do you kind of bring that perspective fully together? Yeah, no, I, I think that's great advice. There's, there's a lot of organizations that get busy kind of doing the minutia work, uh, and not truly focusing on what the customers need and or want. And, and a lot of times, um, and I, I've said this before on a different podcast, but everybody thinks that they need to deliver that Amazon experience. And it's, it's your version of Amazon and your customers' expectations are what's most important in listening to those, kind of like what you mentioned. Um, you know, one of the questions that I uh, wanted to ask is, as somebody who is the vice president of customer service, you know, what kind of challenges are you facing in your role? I think um, a little bit back to what I mentioned, right? It's, it's a, how do you prioritize the time and energy and resources that you have? Because the yeah. reality is we're always going to have more work than there is resources to get it done, right? It's just, it's the reality of our business. Even when we kind of hopefully start making that shift in, in organizations to being seen more of an investment, you're never going to get all the investment you need. And so it's how do you help to prioritize not only what your work is, but how do you help to shift and prioritize the narrative of the work that needs to be done throughout the rest of the company? I think that's the biggest opportunity for many of us as CX leaders is how do we truly amplify that voice of customer goal that we have coming into our contact centers and really use that partly 
for what's in our control of how do we do a better job when our customers have to come to us? But more importantly, how do we do a good job of aggregating that information up and feeding out to our peer um, leaders across the rest of the organization and help them identify where they can make changes in their business that prevent the reason for the customers having to contact us in the first place. And I think that's the biggest challenge that we have is really being able to service that up in, in both that ways. And it's that duality of being the voice of the customer to the company and the voice of the company to the customer. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's actually very well said. So I appreciate that. Um, one of the main topics uh, that I want to, to focus on is on this sentence. It's your customers deserve the best. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? So I think, you know, I've had this kind of gut feeling for the longest period of time. And, and I think in many respects, the word best has been perverted over time to mean extraordinary or amazing. Right. Yep. And as I mentioned earlier, no one calls up and says, I want to experience amazing customer service today. Right. Um, they want to have that focus, like I said, on somebody who listens, understands the situation, why it's important to us and gives us that fair solution with as little effort as possible on our part. And, and so when I think of the best, I think of that best from a consistency perspective of we're doing the best within that realm of what it truly our customers are looking for. Because if you spend all your energy and your effort on extraordinary going above and creating more than what they expected, we know what, what you just did is what they expect the next time. So now you need to work harder and harder and harder at the stuff that doesn't matter. And so when I think of kind of the, the, the basics on there, you know, it, it kind of comes down to a few core things for me. Okay. Right. It's how do you provide the right access, right? The right channels and then give guidance where possible to be able to give them set up for success to choose the access or the channel that's going to be best for their situation. All right. Um, how do you, how do you allow for that aspect of, of understanding and empathy from your staff? Mm. And that's huge. And that's so hard in many circumstances, um, because we kind of forget about that connection and, and depending on the product, it may be that your staff don't get to use your product. And so that's really difficult to create that empathetic understanding and connection. Right. So then it's more important for us to how do you design and you can, well, you can't fake empathy, you can manufacture it. And so there's ways that you can create scenarios and situations so that your agents, even if they can't be consumers of your product, can have those experiences around why mistakes with your product matter so much and what that impact to customers are, that that understanding and empathy connects together. And there's that commitness, uh, commitment um, to you know, really follow through on ownership, timeliness, right? And, and so people want that speed around it. And the last one's follow through. And follow through really on two things, follow through back into that customer, um, but not only is it that, but that what I mentioned earlier, that follow through the rest with the rest of the organization, that follow through on that cumulative experience of your customers to make that experience better and less effort overall and working with your company. Yeah, it, it, that, it seems so easy. Uh, so the, the, <laughs> the basics that I hear uh, at the high level, kind of what you broke through, uh, what you walked through, and I, I really appreciate it was access, understanding, empathy, commitment, timeliness, and then follow through. So in everybody else in the industry, why is it so hard for other customer service departments to follow through on these quote unquote basics? Yeah, you know, I think, um, 
to what I mentioned earlier, I think there's this huge pressure upon us to provide exceptional service. Yeah. Right. And, and there's such a focus to do that, that you're, you're thinking, well, what else rather than realizing the, the what is, um, and it's hard. And, and, you know, even, even after I sat down with my CFO and we've aligned on the value of consistent service and that high consistency and this element around, you know, focusing on effort rather than satisfaction, every now and again, I still get them go, you know, we need to focus on going above and beyond in every contact, right? And like, okay, let's redirect, right? Let's redirect. And so I, it's, it's difficult because that's the buzz in the industry. Yeah. Right. And, and when that's, you know, when your CEO's talking about it and you, you know, the C-suite, it's hard not to think, well, I have to do that because they're asking for it. It's mm. hard to bring back and say, you know what, that's really not what our customers want. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I love how you kind of broke those down into the, into the basics. The basics are not just because they're basic doesn't make them easy. Oh. Um, and when it comes to, um, having these foundational um, pieces that you're looking at. So walking through all of those, those that you, you just mentioned, almost having it, and I've, I've kind of talked to, there's a CIO who was the first CIO of a, a very large insurance company. And he said, here's five things that we need to focus on because we're all focusing on everything that isn't important. And he goes, if, if I, for some reason, and they created mouse pads and hats and all sorts of stuff, right? And he goes, if I come to you and I'm the CIO and you're just this little uh, newbie and I don't talk and it's not aligned with one of these five things, you call me out and you call anybody else in, out in the, in the organization. In the first week he had six people that associates or managers or directors calling other people out and he wanted to tell them every single time. The second option was uh, the second week it was one person. The third week it was nobody because they all knew where they're focused on. And it's so easy to get away from what's not important to get to focus on those buzzwords. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, so one of the, um, you know, there, the, all of this foundation is so important, but, you know, I think all obviously measuring on what that foundation is, is, is also very important. So what metrics are you using to measure if you're delivering on the basics or not? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, we, we measured customer effort score. Um, so for a little over a year, we measured both customer satisfaction, um, and we've been using customer satisfaction prior to that, and customer effort side by side. Um, and we saw a lot of correlations. We kind of did a lot of the analysis into you know, what was driving and, and what we felt we got a better feedback from. We did some A-B testing around our surveys and, and how we asked our questions and our follow-up questions. And we really found when we focused our follow-up questions on more detail around effort, we got far more usable detail and, and feedback than we did around satisfaction. Mm. And so going into this year, we actually dropped customer satisfaction and we use customer effort score as our number one measure um, from a customer perspective. We still measure agent satisfaction because I want to be able to have a, a, a number that's good for them that doesn't impact the things that are outside of their control, right? Yeah. So still having that agent. And then we look at um, uh, resolution. Um, and then under customer effort, we've got some subcategory questions on both effort, um, agent satisfaction and resolution that help us to identify where the negative elements go along with that, right? So that's the first part. The second part is you have to balance that out. And um, we balance that out by bringing in the scores from our QA program 
which we've taken certain questions of that. We've aligned our QA to our mission statement. We've aligned our mission statement to our satisfaction, and our effort survey. And then mm -hmm. we've aligned questions about high effort back into our QA score as well. So we can take surveys and QAs and correlate them back together. And then we've added a third wheel to that of an agent self-evaluation where they can quickly say, what do you think the customer would relate for effort, agent satisfaction resolution on this contact? Mm. So theoretically on, on a, you know, a single call, we can have three points of data around the effectiveness of that call. We've just started with the agent self um, evaluation a little earlier in the year, we kind of did the correlation piece. And so we're really um, uh, working on how do we kind of use that agent self evaluation to potentially be a predictor of what's going to happen um, and start maybe even doing some proactive reach out based on that. And so that's kind of the first part around um, quality. And then, of course, we all have budgets to achieve, right? So then we look at efficiency based on volume of work. And for us, we use that as case comments per hour. Um, we've got a number of other things that we measure, um, you know, from a, a scorecard perspective. But, you know, really that, um, that on, a, on a weekly basis and then our agent employee NPS kind of on the quarterly basis, those are kind of the, the, the big three things that we look at. And so for my OKRs, it's agent satisfaction, it's uh, um, customer effort and then NPS across the company. So I share part of that with all my other leaders. Mm. Uh, it's our um, stewardship of our budget. So our cost per contact uh, and our um, compensation we're giving back to customers. And then it's our doing easy to do business with. So it's our percentage of automation and the percentage of volume of customers that we're receiving relative to our co-customers. So those are the kind of total at the high level. But for this specifically, those measures around quality and efficiency allow us to really make sure that we're doing those basics correctly. Yeah, man, man, I, I love the structure that you have um, on, on the foundational of the organization and then how it directly correlates with both the employee and the customer and, and how that breaks down inside the customer service. So um, kudos to you on, on making that happen and, and dropping uh, customer satisfaction, moving it over to uh, customer effort. Um, you know, when it, and it sounds like there's a bunch of buy-in and you talked about the CFO a couple of questions ago. So, you know, how do you take all of this information? Obviously you said the NPS is kind of shared across the entire organization, but how do you take the ones that you control uh, and that you're focused on and that you're measured on and how do you show that ROI on delivering the best experience? Absolutely. And, and we haven't cracked that yet, but we are on the path to that this year. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we do have great um, buy-in from the company. Um, I, my previous um, manager was our COO, who's now our CFO. He really was a, a great support for customer service. Um, I now report into our CFO. Um, he you know, loves customer service. He's got a great quote that, that he uses. Um, Nothing bad ever happened from being in front of your customer. And when mm. your CFO believes that, then that makes your job as the head of customer service and experience that much easier. Um, so really what we are focused on this year is, is trying to come up with that tie between um, interaction with customer service and um, revenue. Um, we don't, we, we kind of, we think we know what the right number is and we're kind of playing around, um, but we're using, we're not trying to come up with that ourselves. We're partnering with our data science team. Uh, and our marketing team to really come back and kind of say, okay, how do we wrap this back into a number that they believe and they support and they see, and it's something that they're also looking at 
so that when we come back into making investments into our customers on retention, we can truly see customer service as an investment that has the same element of investing here, gives us X percentage on our long-term value of our customers, our lifetime value, or of our order um, ratio. Um, um, and so we're really kind of figuring out what is that one key metric. We haven't finalized it yet. I think we're pretty close. Uh, by the end of this quarter, that's the, the element is that between the three of us, we are very clear that this is the metric that we believe is the right one to, uh, to measure us on moving forward. Uh, and then we'll be able to start doing some A-B testing uh, in order to be able to look at customers that we do certain things more for and customers that we don't and really be able to start seeing that shift and that change. Um, that's one thing of having data science and having a good capability of, of being able to really think about customers and thinking about testing and customer service in the same way that you do with acquisition and other parts of the company. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, when Have you always had that leadership buy-in around the customer and the focus on the customer and the metrics behind the customer? It's shifted. I think you know, we've always felt um, you know, that, that we've been a, a customer-focused company. Um, but I really think that for the longest time, it was looked at the customer service was just something that had to happen. And yeah. you know, how do we reduce the cost? How do we reduce the cost, et cetera? Um, and, you know, and there were also parts of it where we injected more friction where we probably didn't need to. And so now we've kind of done a lot of, okay, we shouldn't inject friction there. We should allow this to be easier. And then we can focus around here. So I think it's, it's an evolving understanding of, of truly that, that positive impact that that touch point with customers can have. Yeah. So based off of the question or based off the quote that you had or that your, your CFO had mentioned, um, how much time do you spend uh, focusing on and talking to the customer? Absolutely. I, um, I was a customer service agent. I started in this business as a customer service agent uh, and I love talking with customers. Um, happy customers, angry customers, sad customers. Um, it's a privilege. And so I do that in kind of three ways that I touch into the customer every week. Um, I start every week looking at customer service verbatim um, from the previous week and sharing kudos back out with the agents uh, because it's important for them to hear that and know that. And to mm. your point earlier of wrapping those around, um, great customer experiences start with great agent experiences. So that's the first thing I do. I look at that and also look through the negative you know, feedback. And I put one or two as like, hey, there's, there's an opportunity here that this customer needs a follow up and I'll either pass it off or I'll pick some that I reach out um, and talk to directly myself. Um, and be it like a couple of examples from last week. Um, one was a, a customer who was, it was their uh, feedback uh, from a, a, a survey from a cancellation. They love the service. It helped them through COVID. Their son was with them. Um, the son was going back to school and like, Hey, we, you know, it's great. It would be great if we could order just once in a while, but you know, we don't need it every week. Yeah. And so I reached out and thanked them, you know, we said, Hey, we're so glad and privileged that we're able to help you. Um, totally get it. That you don't need every week. Did you know that you can actually order it only once in a while? And if you'd like, I can put you on this plan. That, that's what they wanted. And they were absolutely happy for that. So mm. by reading that, you know, they're not going to order every week, but that customer is going to keep ordering. Yeah. Um, flip to another side where a customer who had um, uh, some disabilities and was so happy to be able to bring Sunbasket into her kitchen because we've got these great oven ready meals and fresh and ready. You just put them in the oven. It's fresh food, partially cooked, but 
Um, you know, there's no cleanup, there's no mess, there's no prep, right? Six minutes in the microwave, 25 minutes in the oven. And that's mm -hmm. what she wanted. But she didn't realize through the join flow that she could select a plan that would only default those meals. Mm -hmm. And so while she got one, and then she got a couple of other kits that while she thought were really delicious was too much work. Yeah. And so she was like, well, you're not giving me what I want. I quit. And so again, I reached out to her and said, hey, I'm so happy. And, you know, I'd love us to be able to help you here. Did you know that this is something you can do? And I'm really sorry that this wasn't obvious for you through the join flow. And again, that's what she wanted. She's rejoined. I've moved her into that program. I gave her some compensation because she ended up with meals that she couldn't use. And again, just that little bit of outreach, you know, does that. And so I pull it through there. I do QAs. I listen to at least three coachings every week, try to do more. But if I'm not doing it, or if I am doing it, then it shows the importance for everyone else in the team around doing QAs. And then occasionally when I've got time, I'll, I'll pull cases from the queue. So I try to spend at least five hours a week, one way or another, touching back into the customer. Yeah, no, I believe that is so important to actually take that time and, and listen. And I love the examples that you just gave about reaching back out because not only did they, in those cases, uh, continue to do business with you, but you take that and say, man, the lady that had the disability, how do we make it easier for her to understand in the front end that that is an option? And so maybe let's look through that process and let's figure out maybe there's a better way to do that moving forward. Or maybe let's ask one additional question uh, uh, in that onboarding process. That's my three o'clock call today with that development <laughs> team. <laughs> I, I swear we did not plan that. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I wrap up every podcast with two questions. Uh, the first question is, is what book or person has influenced you the most in the past year? And the second question is, if you could leave a note to all the customer service professionals, what would it say? Cool. So I've got two books okay. um, that come to mind. The first one um, actually helped me really to, to, to bring together a lot of things that I had kind of been thinking of and knowing intuitively across this past year of collect, you know, years of collective customer experience and really is to help kind of shape a lot of what we do um, in, in Sunbasket today. And that's The Effortless Experience by uh, Dixon, Tomas, and Delisi. You know, it's a great blueprint for building an amazing customer service organization um, and, you know, and really give you some core things that will help you with those basics that we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really helped to shape you know, our team and me and I've shared it with many others on, on, the, uh, on the team. The second one to kind of help me keep focused on those important things. Um, I'm really enjoying The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Bleep um, by Mark Mason. Um, in chapter two, he's got this great line, problems never stop. They merely get exchanged and or upgraded. And that leads into my notes to all the customer service professionals. There will always be problems. Mm. relish in identifying and solving them and moving on to the next back to the book happiness and the you know the mark talks about is happiness comes from not not having problems but from solving problems so get out there have fun solve a lot of problems and relish doing it that is some great advice in 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 two great books one i have not read i've read the effortless experience but look forward to picking up the other one um so, Brett, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Maybe uh, heard this podcast and they want to learn more about Sunbasket uh, or want to connect with you online. You know what? LinkedIn. Uh, you can see me on LinkedIn. I you know, try to check every couple of days and, and reach out there. Uh, I love connecting in with other service professionals. 
Uh, I'm part of a, a couple of organizations that, you know, help keep me grounded and connected. Um, and, you know, just a, a, a um, quick plug for them, the execs in the know um, has been a, a huge you know, help for me and, and a huge organization there. They've got a great um, section in there, know-it-all, where, you know, professionals get out there and help and, and share with each other. Um, but I love connecting indirectly. And so uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm always happy to talk and answer questions, get on the phone and, and chat and learn. You know, whenever I talk with someone and they wanting to find something out with me, I always learn something as well. So I, I love it. That, that is great. And if you want to uh, sign up for Sunbasket, probably either go direct or maybe uh, uh, have Brett uh, connect you with uh, the customer service team to get you started on the, the right onboard plan. I think there's a link on my LinkedIn page to, uh, to click up and sign for uh, $40 off. So you can always try that as well. There you go. I will add that to the episode for anybody that wants it. Um, Brett, thank you so much for uh, joining me on Press One for Nick and I and, uh, hope you have a great day. Nick, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.